the time. There's not a time that we don't have a need for you. You are our very life. You're our health. You're our prosperity. You're peace. You're everything to us, Lord. So we honor you and we thank you for this time with you. Give us what we need, Lord, as you always do. We don't want to take it for granted, but we want to put our faith out there in thanksgiving for what you are going to do for us in this meeting today. In Jesus' name, amen, <clears throat> and praise God. Amen, amen, and amen again. So we have some visitors today. Hello, visitors. <laughs> and we also want to uh, uh, say hello to our Internet friends who are there with us online, Facebook, and YouTube, and here, there, and everywhere, wherever else we are. So we're thankful to God that he gives us a way to still feed his people, amen, to feed anybody really who wants to be fed. Because with God, there's no respect of persons. Uh, he will speak to whomever his word, the gospel, is freely preached and it has free course uh, in the earth. And so we are so thankful for that, that the gospel, the good news about the Lord Jesus Christ is never hindered. And so we are very thankful for that. So it's free to all. Uh, at the end of the service, of course, I'll be releasing the, the master's touch. So those who are on... Um, uh, online can receive. Somebody told me they got healed from putting their hand up on the screen. But did we have, yeah. Who was that? Oh, Karen, right. My friend Karen Gould in, uh, Florida. Hey, Karen, how you doing, girl? How you doing? Yeah, as, as the mafia would say, but we're good mafia up in here. So praise God. <laughs> Amen. So we're going to continue discussing the question, is anything too hard for God? Amen. Is anything too hard for God? And that's right. The answer, of course, is no. That is the correct answer. So we were able to see that demonstrated yesterday with Abraham and Sarah and uh, where God did reveal to us new things. So if anybody thinks they know it all already, got news for you. There's new stuff all the time. Amen. Every time you open The word of God, it's fresh and new. And it's fresh and new for every need that we have. It's fresh and new to encourage what we do have, to give us uh, stability and what God has has blessed us with and and give us security in life. And so, um, and, and I just think God's full of wisdom because he ordained that his people would meet regularly. Amen around the things of God, knowing that we have an evil world out there that we have to deal with. Amen. This is like coming to the car wash once a week. Amen. I see. I wish I had somebody with music. Anyway. Oh, boy. Yeah, I should have little Howard here. Right. Little Howard too expensive for us, though. We... That brother come in here, you know, show me the money. Say, like, oh my goodness. But anyway, we love him. He's a good man. Amen. But see, he would have had that popped up for me or queued up already. He gets prophetical on you in a minute. He, he be knowing what's coming. Amen. But anyway, but we working on it. Amen. Yeah, but you know, God ordained 
That's why the Bible says, do not forsake the assembling, man. Now, when you forsake it, it means that you just drop it and think you don't need it anymore. And so it's it's not a good thing to ever get so secure that you make your own rules for the kingdom. Amen. He said that we are to gather on a regular, but that's like been a thing for, for God's people like forever. You know, even under the old covenant, there was a, a at least once a year, on the big day of atonement, they showed up. But, you know, when you, you needed ministry, you had to show up at the priest, you know, and they had regular reading of the word so that the people could be blessed. They had teaching. You know, this was uh, the Christian or Jewish religion was one of the first religions to teach their people, everybody. Amen. They said, gather the whole family together. Get the little ones here and everybody because we're going to read to you what God wants you to know. And so people were expected to to live by the word of God. And it's the same now because the world has not gotten any nicer for holy people to live in. If you are, if you're going to live holy, you got to had a car wash. Work. See, they, now I gave them warning, didn't I, Miss Nola, that this was going to be working at the car wash day? <sighs> Alas. All right. So we shall move on. But, uh, it, it is, it is a good thing. It's a blessing and it's a privilege. It's not, uh, you must do it or, or God has to threaten you to get you to come to church. Amen. It's a blessing to be able to come. It's a blessing to hear the word. And it's a blessing to live by faith and live in the confidence of your relationship with God. So I just thank God for it. Uh, not just because I'm the preacher. Amen. Amen. But but I need the word too. Amen. I need to gather with you guys regularly. And, and we edify one another <clears throat> in the word of God. So today we're going to talk about raising from the dead. And is that too hard for God? Amen. Yeah, because there were some people in this story who kind of thought it was. And so it's always that way when people need a miracle or need to have laws reversed or a, a decree changed. See, you know, you've got people who are in prison, some of them rightfully, some of them wrongfully, and they are looking for a miracle. They're looking for God to show up and and say nothing's too hard. And God's wanting to get in that that arena where he can prove himself to people. And so, you know, there there are situations sometimes that come about in our lives and we just don't understand why it happened to us? What's taking so long? When am I going to get my healing? When am I going to get my blessing? We're we're all in on the let's have it yesterday theme of doing things. And so God has to have a, a I would say, uh, a season in, in not, I don't mean season like everybody says, this your season. Listen, baby, I don't live by season. Every day's my season. <laughs> because he's alive right now and he changes times and seasons. Amen. So you don't have to wait for a certain season to get healed. I mean, anything you need. So, so God is a God of, 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 of 
he's an omnipotent God. He can do anything he wants to do. He moves by faith. That is our faith. Amen. And he says, ask me for what you want. If you want next year, I'll give you next year. If you want right now, I'll give you right now. It's on you. Amen. Sometimes there are some things that need to be, when, when the Bible talks about a season, they are talking about a fullness of time. They're not talking about a day, date, set. You know, people were, we're all running around with our Greek words defining Kairos time and Kronos time and all that kind of stuff. All I know is God is not limited by time like we are. So in order for us to receive from God, we have to take the time limit off of him. We've got to take the restrictions off of him in our expectation and expect to be healed at any time. That's what the Bible says. He says that it says you, this can happen at any time. But you first have to see with your eyes, hear with your ears, understand with your heart and be converted. That's a lot of changing in us that has to take place. So really sometimes that's what God's dealing with for us to change our expectation. For us to instead of thinking about being healed one day, we have to think about we're healed now. And, and we received it already when we prayed. Amen. And you're not waiting on a manifestation. You're expecting one now. You're expecting it any minute. See what I'm saying? And so there's a different level of expectation. There's a different level of performance on our part that has to be accomplished before we can have some of the things that God desires to give us. He doesn't like to see anybody sick. Do you parents like to see your children sick? You don't. So he don't want to see anybody sick. He wants everybody to be well. Amen. And so he he is walking through the earth right now, putting faith in people's heart for now manifestations. For now, don't wait anymore. For now, it's on you to believe me that it's now and it'll be now. See what I'm saying? And so when, when, uh, in this story, if you'll turn to John chapter 11 and we'll go through this story in a little detail because there are some things that, that I believe God wants to show us, some things he showed me, um, just in going through the story and meditating on what's going on here. But there are several things going on <clears throat> in every Jesus story. It's always true. There are many things going on. In a Jesus story. And so in this Jesus story, we have a man who is a friend of Jesus, who is uh, sick, and his family calls for Jesus to come and heal him. Amen? Very common thing. Their faith was in a healing. Amen? But after a while, we get a death, and we get almost a funeral, you know, and, uh, and a burial. And so it, it's, it's not going according to, to their book and according to their plan. And I can tell you there are many things that happen in our lives where when we ask, when we pray, we have a picture in mind of what's going to happen. And then down the road, you say, this picture ain't coming into focus. In fact, we don't even seem to be close. Amen. We don't even have the right camera. We, you know, talking about the picture I was thinking of. Amen. And so sometimes we have to change our focus. 
Did you say amen, Miss Pat? You came in here just now sneaking in here like trying to make you me think you've been here all day long. Just, just wait a minute. <laughs> it's good seeing you, sweetheart. But um you do. You know, your faith has a focus when you pray. And sometimes your lens needs to be adjusted. Because we all want instant everything. And and see, with with people having faith in the Amos 9.13 blessing, we're seeing a lot of things happening quickly. But then we're seeing some things that are not happening as quick. Amen. It's always going to be true with faith. Whenever faith is involved, you're going to see a different time release on certain things. The, the the other thing that we need to understand is that your faith, you're seeking God's kingdom manifestation when you're looking for a healing or any blessing. So you have to understand that there is a personal purpose for this blessing and there's a kingdom purpose. And God intends to get them both accomplished at the same time. Did you hear what I said? In other words, it ain't just about you and your comfort level and what you want, what you think you're supposed to have and what the devil is trying to keep you from having and, you know, all them other people that you think you got to get them straight and all this kind of stuff. You know, you, you, you have to leave everything in God's hands because he is in control of the dispensation of everything. And so if there is a kingdom purpose involved in your situation, you've got to understand God has the sovereign right to accomplish that as well as accomplish what you want. Amen. In other words, give him, give him the freedom to, to hit two birds with one stone or three or four because his intent is to revolutionize the world through his people. And I'm not trying to get anybody to think that God lets you stay sick for a a purpose. You got me? But there are some things where God is working it into kingdom business. So there's a sovereign God glory aspect to it, and there's the personal need that's being met. And see, if if we don't allow God, the sovereignty, to be glorified in everything that we, you know how we sing them songs? Oh, yeah, God, just get to, I'm just giving you the glory. Oh, no, honey, you don't give him nothing. He going to take it. He has it anyway. He gets it. We don't even know what we say when we say we give you the glory. Huh? No, the glory is his. He's just spreading a little bit on you, help you out. When I say a little bit, I mean a little bit. Because if he gave you what what you keep begging for, it would mess your little head. You'd be sitting over in the corner just a little nervous nub. I don't know what happened to me. I just love you so much. Jesus, tell me, Jesus, 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 help me, Jesus. I don't know what I'm saying. You know, and that's just when his presence shows up. Suppose we lived in Israel and the waters parted in front of us. Huh? 
<laughs> you know, thankful God controls atmospheres and atmospheres control people. Amen. If he didn't do that, we'd all be a hot mess. Huh? We'd be over somewhere babbling right now. Amen. <laughs> he just comes in and touches you in the morning when it's time to wake up and you just, Oh Lord, oh Lord, the Lord is here, the Lord is here. See, that was another song. Listen, they just laughing. Amen. <laughs> but, but you know what I'm saying. So he has to honor our humanity as well as impart his divinity in everything that he does for us. So there's a divine part, there's a human part. He wants your humanity to remain intact, but also impart his divinity in you and through you. So that's the kingdom aspect of it. He's going to get that, trust me. You know, that's not an option. It's not like, well, I don't know if I want all this divine stuff. Oh, you're going to have to get it. Because <laughs> you got some already. Amen. If you're living by faith, you have, that's your divinity. You have a deposit of it. If God wants to grow it and increase it as he heals you and as he delivers you, then so be it. Amen. And and that's really what we're looking for. We always say Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. Amen. Well, we finding out what that means. <laughs> we're just finding out what that means. Amen. He's in charge of your faith. So John 11 verse 1. <clears throat> it says here, now a certain man was sick named Lazarus of Bethany the town of Martha and her sister Mary. And it was that Mary which anointed the Lord with ointment and wiped his feet with her hair, whose brother Lazarus was sick. Therefore his sisters sent to Jesus, saying, Lord, behold, he whom you love is sick. Amen. Now, you know, everybody approaches God with a little razzmatazz. You know, uh, remember you love him. He's sick and you love him. So connect the dots, right? And when Jesus heard that, he said, now they're not, he's not talking to directly to them. Anytime you ask God for something in faith, he immediately says yes to you. You got me? In the case of healing, there's a yes already on the table that God has dealt to you, and it's up to you to pick that hand up and play it. Okay, we don't have any. You pure people out here who are not card players. Maybe you're craps players. (laughs) Messing with you. But, but, your covenant is your deck of cards. It's already been dealt to you. And it's sealed in the blood of Jesus. So there's a yes already on the table for your health. Will you pick it up? Huh? So it's up to you to pick up that yes card. Amen? So you possess your healing by saying, I receive it when I pray. Father, I thank you that I'm praying in faith 
And at the end of this prayer, I receive my healing and I walk off with, amen, all the marbles. Huh? And you take that with you. That's your faith. Your faith is your assurance that you have it already. Amen. You, Your faith is your receipt. Which God will come and collect and give you in exchange uh, for for your receipt. Say, for instance, um, where is Miss Nola somebody? Nola, here's a receipt for your healing. You keep that, and I'm going to come back and collect it at some point and leave you healthy. Amen, 100%. So that's your receipt. Hold on to it. Amen, because it's real. So God doesn't give us a paper receipt. He gives us a faith receipt, a spiritual receipt, something in the realm of the spirit where we can't lose it. Huh? You ever lost a receipt and want to get your money back for something? You tabbed the house looking for it. So I guess God said, well, I don't put you on, put you through no stress. I'll just keep the receipt up here with me and I'll give you a confirmation in your spirit that it's real. See, that's what faith is. It's your witness in your spirit that God's word is true and he has already healed you by virtue of his shed blood. So there's nothing anymore to be done on his part for you to be totally well. So why ain't you well? Why ain't I off pills? Huh? Water pills, this pill, that pill. Uh, uh. Well, it's not time. You liar, you have it already. It's not time for what? See, this is the, 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 the game. This is the mind game that comes when you receive something real from God. Do you hear what I said? It comes when you receive something real from God. If you didn't have something real, the devil wouldn't bother to play with your mind about it. Huh? He'd be happy with you because you'd be pretending you healed. He said, now they down there in that religion. They believe, they believe they receive it. Yeah, and they receive nothing because they ain't got no faith in them because they don't read the word. Oh, Pastor Barb, that hurts so bad. Don't do that again. I'm going to do it again. I'm going to say it again. (laughs) Amen? Because if it's true for me, it's true for you. See, the mind game comes so that king, see, this is where kingdom purpose comes in. This is where kingdom overrides personal. Because God is not going to leave you in pain. He's not going to leave you bankrupt because of sickness. He's going to do something before they take your house, your car, your kids, your teeth. What else? What else do they repo? You know they come and get them grills from them brothers that had a gold in their mouth. You kidding me? They repo your grill? I know I would if you owe me real money. (laughs) 
Gaza. Anyway. <laughs> You're right out. <laughs> See, this is the whole thing. God's got an investment in us. He is so heavily invested in us. Well, we got to start paying some of that investment. We got to give some dividends. So the kingdom purpose to your healing is the dividend you're going to pay him when he does manifest the total thing in your body. See, the dividend will be your testimony. The dividend will be you taking up the healing ministry, but for real. And I'm talking about not talking about it and not telling people they healed and you never see nothing happen. I mean, laying hands on the sick and they really recover. But for real though. Cause we got too many people out here playing it and prophesying it and, and don't have any unction on that prophecy to make it real to anybody. They don't, you know, when a prophecy's real, there's a, 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 um, a cream that rises to the top on the word of God. And when that, when that word is given to you, there's a cream that you sip that's a now manifestation. So you ought to be able to get at least a partial of something if that word's real. You understand what I'm saying? Too many people running around here, people have told them stuff and it didn't come from God. And it's never going to happen for them. I don't care how much, how hard they work to make it happen. It's not going to happen because it wasn't God. You understand what I'm saying? Any prophet worth their salt ought to have a, a strong teaching ministry to help people to see those words come to pass. You don't just leave it. You would think you're going to walk out here and just give words to people. That's like being a... a how many kids we got? Raise your hand, April. You do you? <laughs> okay, you old enough? <laughs> April, she sure she old enough. But that's like these baby daddy running around here, pumping everybody full of babies. They got twelve babies out here, ain't taking care of none of them. You're leaving words out here and they're not being cared for. Huh? You don't have any kind of teaching ministry to help people to harvest what they think they got. You understand what I'm saying? So God is calling in all that stuff, all that fake stuff. He's raking it off the table. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because it's time. It's time for real prophets who really stand in the office who really can push the weight that it takes to push to get it all the way through huh and not have a lot of premature births out here out here on life support and all that kind of stuff where legitimate teachers are trying to help people to to discern did God really tell you that if he told you that he'll bring it to pass so what's your responsibility in the meantime? Well, I don't know. Do you understand what I'm saying? God is sick of that. 
So Lazarus, see, we got a prayer request here for him. His sisters say, Jesus, you love him, right? Then come heal him. What's necessary on their part for Jesus to do that? Try faith. Thank you, Miss Pat. I don't know why y'all got scared to say something all of a sudden. I'm done killing the false prophets. And you on the internet, I'm done with killing y'all false prophets out there too. Huh? So, but even in our clumsy request, he sees faith on that. You understand what I'm saying? He's the only one who can discern if you're in faith or not. Isn't that wonderful? As long as God knows you're in faith, as long as you settle it with him, that you believe that He's he's already given you that, and you start thanking him for it in your worship and in your prayer and in your praise and all that kind of stuff, you continue to thank God and act like you've got it and act like you're glad. You see what I'm saying? As long as you can do that, then you're carrying in you your answer. You're carrying in you that spiritual deposit that nobody can take away from you. Amen. And so that thing will manifest in the total. When the word is planted, the Bible says it, it is, is, uh, like a seed that's buried and it grows. We don't know how. See, that's the mystery of the seed. We don't know how it grows, but at some point we see evidence because a little shoot springs up, you know, in a natural sense. But in the spiritual sense, there is an unshakable confidence on the inside of you that you have that thing already. And if you don't have that, keep feeding yourself the word until you get that unshakable confidence that you have it already. Whether you see it all yet, because it's rooted on the inside of you. That seed is growing. You don't know how. But you're expecting the full manifestation of it at any time. So it's, it's spiritual, but there's a, 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 a similarity to natural growth. But it's 100% spiritual, which means it's 100% invisible. But if you pay attention to spiritual things, you'll get an inkling of something. You'll get a quickening of something. you get a, a something of something. You got me? Just like anything that's growing anywhere, growth and life have evidence on some level. Well, you, Ms. Nola said, well five pregnancies but four children when you were pregnant you didn't just like go to the hospital one day nine months later and say oh my how could that be you had 
evidence. Growth always has some evidence. And God doesn't leave. If we didn't have faith evidence inside of us, we would just be in our imaginations. And nothing would ever happen. So there's a difference between being in faith and being in your carnal imagination. Amen. Faith will produce the manifestation of the full fruit. Amen. I mean the full fruit. Not anything left out. I mean full fruit. Faith won't have you on life support with your with your healing, with your whatever it is that you need from God. It will not have you on life support. You know, life support is pills and what you know, the guilty is charged. But I'm working on it. You understand what I'm saying? Developing my faith to a greater level every day. You know why? Because I I to be honest with you, for years, God kept me healthy, and if something went wrong, it left in three days. You know, because I knew how to get hard down in God's face. And, you understand what I'm saying? And we got it. Wasn't pretty, but we got it. <laughs> you, know, you know, faith has to get ugly sometimes. Much as I hate to sweat, I must say I have for God. You understand what I'm saying? But then I came against something that didn't just leave in three days. So here we're kingdom purpose with this. I'm going to tell you one thing. In the last year and a half, I've learned more about faith and healing and miracles than I have the whole 30 years I've been serving God. And you have too. Because you've been right here. You understand what I'm saying? And see, we always think, oh, I just need to tweak my, you're going to get tired of tweaking God's word and tweaking your faith. And, you know, I just need a little tweak on. Sometimes you need to just throw the whole thing in the garbage can and start over again. Don't do that to me. I'm telling you the truth. Tell the truth. Some stuff is just plugged in wrong. Huh? You ever do some of that little crazy stuff with a sound system? You got your speakers here and you flip the button and it don't work. It's a lot of people running around the body of Christ flipping switches and it don't work. Because they got it wired wrong. That's what I say. You mean to tell me I got to undo all it? Yes. God said undo it, you undo it. And wire it up right this time. It's a blessing. You know, we always want to think we got it all together. Everything's right. God's just letting it work. Because he's sovereign. <laughs> Huh? I had appliances they carted out of my house. They said, ma'am, I don't even know how this thing has been running all this time. <laughs> Honey, when, when Barb's done with them, they's done. <laughs> I get my whole 40 years use out of a refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I said, you know, who knew? So you got to bring faith to the table, folks. You got to bring some faith. Well, I don't know if my faith is strong enough. Use what you got. Your faith has enough faith to use itself at its current level. Where are you going to go borrow some real quick so you can impress God that you can walk on water? Tell me, I'll go with you. Huh? You better put that little little teeny seed out there. Well, God, I know it's not big. You got that right. Thank God you ain't in charge of it. He's the author and the finisher. Give him what you got. Huh? That little boy that brought that happy meal to, to the Jesus meeting. Huh? And all that mob of people out there and they said, well, fork it over. Everybody complained about that meal except that little boy. You got me? He probably complained that they took it. But everybody else is, everybody else is lamenting the size of it. Well, who brings enough for 5,000 families? So here we go. Jesus said, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified in this. There's your kingdom purpose. When God gets involved in anything, he takes over and he knows what he wants to do with your situation. He knows how he wants to prove himself through your situation. He knows the whole show. Amen. And when you ask him to get involved, you don't coach him in when to do it, how to do it, how fast. You know, oh, don't, don't let me hurt too bad. You know, don't let me lose my job. Don't let me, you don't, <laughs> seriously. Losing a job might be on the schedule for you. <laughs> Pastor Barnum be so mean to people. I lost mine. Other people lose theirs. Who do you think you are? Oh. Uh-huh. He says for his glory, not for you. Now your partner's in this. Don't you think Jesus is allowed to have some say so if you, you, you using his faith? You want his power. You want his healing. You want everything from him and he don't get nothing out the deal. Ooh, yeah, right. That sounds fair. He says, now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus. When he heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. Ooh. Ooh, ooh, I can't breathe. Ooh. You mean he didn't rush right off and 
We do a spiritual 911. Huh? He not no hurry for, no. Oh, he's never in a hurry for anything. Huh? We live in the, in the realm of hurry. He lives in the realm of done. Amen. He's trying to get you to live where he lives. And get you out of the realm of hurry and get you living over in the realm of done. You understand what I'm saying? It's done. It's over. It's over for sickness. It's over for the devil. The minute you receive your healing, it's done. It's over. Sickness is over. Your sick days are over. Amen. That is a decree. How you feel is totally irrelevant to the decree. Are you going to believe the decree or are you going to believe the feelings? Oh, I don't know if I can do that. We're going to give it a shot. I know if you're going to work with God, you're going to give it a shot. Because it's easy to ignore feelings. Huh? Sure it is. Not to work them up, not to give them power, not to give them attention. It's easy to do that. You just got to keep your mind where his mind is. And that's in the word. Amen. Stay in a place of worship. Stay in the spirit. In the spirit, there's no pain. In the spirit, there's no discomfort. There's no worry. There's no fear. There's none of that stuff. He's been trying to get us to live there like forever. And see, we come and visit when a bill is due and when we want this and when we want that. He's trying to get us to abide there and learn to live with him. Learn to enjoy what he enjoys. He died to pay for you to have that joy in what he rejoices in. Not carnal stuff. Amen. Just, you know, learn how to, this is kingdom business. So the kingdom wants to, the kingdom advances, is strengthened. When God's people take on more of him. No matter how it happens. If it happens through sickness. If it happens through bankruptcy. If it happens through losing a job. It, we have to take on more of him. You understand? We we just have to. So he is pleased and his kingdom advances. When he has an opportunity to take over these things. And do things for his glory. So this is what happens here with Lazarus. He says, this sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified in this. So Jesus knows how to go about getting the glory. Lazarus could be healed. He could rush over there. Or he could speak the word and those girls, those sisters of his will start looking at him and say, oh my, he's done that before. Remember the, the centurion with the, the son that was dying and he went to Jesus and by the time he got halfway home, some people ran to him and said, your son is alive. He, he got better and he asked him what time he, and he knew it was the time that Jesus spoke the word. Why don't Jesus speak the word and heal Lazarus? He loves him. Huh? 
This is for the glory of God. You know what that means? That means God totally calls the shots. You don't get to beg nothing. You don't get to dictate nothing. You don't get to specify nothing. Huh? You know how we used to write the vision and make it plain? You put somebody else's house on your refrigerator. Somebody's car, somebody's airplane. We got so many things sitting up on refrigerators that never happened. Huh? You ever think maybe God has something else for you? And and see, we quit wanting it when it didn't happen like we thought it was supposed to happen when we wanted it to happen. There's so many things still out there waiting for the saints to really believe God and want them again. But we walked away because it didn't look like the picture we put on the refrigerator. See, when he says it's for his glory, he calls the shots. You don't know what's going to bring him glory. Now everybody's scared. (laughs) Don't be scared of it either. Because if it brings him glory, it's definitely going to bring you goodness. You understand what I'm saying? You don't get shortchanged when God gets glory out of something. He just wants to show off a little bit. Amen. You know, Jesus is saying, I got muscles you ain't even seen yet. Huh? (laughs) Let me show you this. So when he heard this, it says he abode two more days in the same place where he was. Doing what? Just hanging out. (laughs) He don't have to be busy doing nothing that he didn't come to your rescue. Huh? The woman with the issue of blood stopped the whole healing line because she wanted hers now. She didn't want to wait no more. Huh? Absolutely. (laughs) So Jesus doesn't have to be doing anything not to show up when you want him to. Then after that, he said to his disciples, let us go to Judea again. His disciples said to Master, the Jews sought to stone you the last time you were there, and you want to go again? And Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours in a day? If any man walks in a day, he stumbles and walks in the day, he doesn't stumble because he sees the light of this world. But if a man walks in the night, he does stumble because there's no light in him. What he's saying is there is a an opportune time for me to operate these things. He says, if I'm delayed, it's because there's darkness there that might cause me to stumble. He said, I'm waiting for enough light to show up at Lazarus's house so I can go over there and do the work. And now is the time to do it. In other words, when I, when I show up somewhere, I bring the light with me in the right time for the light. It doesn't matter what the Jews are plotting against me. I bring light when I come. Amen. I only operate in light and their darkness can't overtake what I have. Amen. It will never overtake what I have. 
And so he tells them, he says, our friend Lazarus is sleeping, but I'm going to go that I will wake him up out of sleep. Now, we've seen this before. Who else do we know was asleep? And they yeah, the little girl, and they thought she was dead. Amen. Uh, that was Jairus's daughter. Amen. That got delayed by the woman with the issue of blood. He says, she's not dead. She's just sleeping. What makes people sleep instead of being dead for good? What's the difference? What'd you say, little one? Not really. You know what? When I believe this, when people ask in faith what they ask, it's done. What happens between the asking and him getting there is on him. Right? So Jesus holds them in sleep instead of letting the spirit of death claim them. When you ask in faith, Jesus takes that and she's healed already as far as he's concerned. It doesn't matter if it's tomorrow, five minutes, three days, two weeks. It doesn't matter when he gets there and physically completes the healing and raises her up. She's in him, asleep. She's asleep from the world. She's asleep from consciousness. She's asleep from... What causes him to grab those people and hold them in sleep? Our faith. Once you ask him, he takes over. So he takes over the whole situation. He decides, I'm going to stay here for a couple days. You know, not going to rush over there and just do your garden variety healing, so to speak, even though they're not all garden variety. Don't get me wrong. That's just a human way of expressing. You know, like Jesus said, well, heal. Anybody can do that. (laughs) The disciples can do that. I got something else planned. His disciples are confused. You know, it's Lord, if he's sleeping, he's doing good. Yeah. They just got to say something. You know, nervous people, some people just can't shut up. They say, yeah, 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 yeah. well, you know, that's good. That's good. It's not good. Oh, yeah. Like I say, it ain't good. It ain't good. It ain't good. Just shut up. <laughs> Howbeit Jesus spoke of his death, but they thought he had spoken about taking a rest in sleep. Jesus said to him, Lazarus is dead, okay? And I'm glad. Oh, excuse me, I didn't finish. Excuse me. I'm, he's still glad. You understand? He said, for your sakes, I didn't go. So I put off going for you. Ah! You know, if that were me laying there dead, I'm thinking, God, hurry up. <laughs> Come on now. For them? What do you mean for them? Who's them? Who, what, what? I'll buy something for them. We're all being healed for other people. For his glory. (laughs) 
Then said Thomas, which is called Didymus, unto his fellow disciples, well, let's go. We're going to die with him. You know, whatever. Then when Jesus came, he found that he had lain in the grave four days already. Amen. Four days. Decomposition starts after 72 hours. Okay. So not only is this man dead, but he's not recently dead. He's been four days dead. Sometimes the more challenging, the more faith is released to people who are a part of the miracle. Everybody who is present is a part of the miracle. Everybody who is in this atmosphere is a part of the miracle. And at the end of this, everybody who comes out of this having experienced everything that Jesus is going to demonstrate becomes a part of a miracle working body of believers. And it, when, see, and this is the thing, everybody's praying for revival. That it ain't going to be televised. It's going to be right up in your face. See, it's, it's something that we, we have to bring into the earth through our kingdom activities. You know, I'm praying for revival. You better want to be part of it or it may not get here. Cause if you're praying for it, you got, you should have faith in you to demonstrate part of it too. And see what God wants to do is make us the revival instead of we pray for it and it happens outside of us. He wants us, it to be on the inside of us so that we can release it. How's it get on the inside? By doing stuff like this, by being involved in stuff like this. So he'd been to grave four days already. Bethany was near to Jerusalem. Many of the Jews came to Martha and Mary to comfort them. Quote, quote, wink, wink, comfort concerning her brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard Jesus was coming, went to meet him. But Mary sat still in the house. And Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. In other words, you're late, Jesus. You're too late. How many of us give up on things we thought we were in faith for because we think it's too late? Huh? You know, this thing about time, we know on this earth we're running out of it. Natural time. But God works in eternity. So when he shows up, he brings the change of time with him. He brings the change of attitude with him. He, you, you can't tell me a person will ever get healed and, and complain that it came too late. Huh? It's never too late for the person receiving it. So here Martha and Mary are running around and Martha's carrying on. You know, she got to put in her bid first. She must be the older sister. (laughs) Hint, hint. Martha said to Jesus, Lord, if you had been here, my brother wouldn't have died. But I know. See, here's this. Let me tell you what's going on here. When people ask 
they ask in faith. You know, what gave these girls the confidence to ask Jesus to come and heal their brother was they knew Jesus loved him. He loved all of them. A loving person is willing to heal you, and we believe you're going to come and do it, but on our terms. When it don't happen on our terms, what we want to do, we won't complain, just like she's doing here. Then once you start complaining, your carnal mind takes over and religion shows up. Religion is the mortal enemy of faith. But oftentimes people resort to religion when they give up on faith. For instance, if God told you that he's He's going to heal you and, and you know you stay in the word and all this and all that and you get mad it's not happening soon enough, you get into religion. What can I do to make it happen now? Works is always religion. Complaining will lead you into religion. So what does Martha do? She starts telling Jesus how to do it. Religion tells God how to do his work. She said, but I know that if you, whatever you ask God, she's, she's not asking him for what she really wants. Religion fools you into thinking you can't have it. Let's say it again. She's not asking for what she really wants Jesus to go in there and get him up out of that tomb, but she won't ask him for it because she's made up her mind. It's too late already. What keeps religious people from getting spiritual and receiving from God is their pride. They won't, don't want to be wrong about what they think. See, as long as that thought that he's too late dominates that atmosphere, that man is going to stay in that tomb. I'm going to say it again. As long as the thought in the, the, the word that Jesus is too late stays in that atmosphere, Lazarus is a dead man. Three days, four days, five days, six days. As long as that atmosphere, he's too late, stays there, he's going to stay dead. So Jesus has got to uproot too late. So here she comes in verse 22 with a little religious spirit. But I know that even now, what you, whatever you ask, what do you want him to do? You ask God. Well, put it on Jesus. He too late. Now he got to do all the pleading with the father to get something. I mean, how much you going to put on this man to do for you? And whatever you ask, God will give it to you. He ain't giving me nothing because you too late. Jesus said to her, your brother will rise again. Oh, I know he will on the resurrection. He's quoting his word to him like he don't know what he can do. Oh, I know. Here's religion again. In other words, she's going to keep him in there. What does she say? He's going to rise on the last day. That's not going to get him out of there now, Martha. So she has no faith for Jesus getting this man out. She don't know who Jesus really is, but she can really find out. You understand what I'm saying? All these people, 
they, everybody there is wanting Jesus around for what they can, what he can do for them. And once they decide he can't do anything for him, for them, then they're done with him. But he gonna teach people how not to be done with him. That's his job. He's teaching all of us how not to be done with him. Not to be tired, not to be, ah, is it taking so long? Ah, whatever. Keep it up. He said to her, I am the resurrection. Wherever I am, dead people get up. I'm here with you now. He's giving her Martha, hint, hint, hint. Hey, Martha, resurrection, that's me. Woohoo. You want him raised up? That's me. Woohoo. She never responds to this. See, God can be showing us all over the place who he is and what he can do for us and we not respond to it. This man standing up in her face telling her, Martha, hello, let me give you a clue. R-E-S-U-R-R-E-C-T-R-O-N, that spells J-E-S-U-S. He said, and I'm, I'm life too. Woohoo, Martha. He said, he that believes in me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. Whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? Yeah, Lord, I believe this, though. No, I don't believe that. I believe this. I believe religion. I believe something I can recite. By his stripes, I am healed. Believe? Do you believe that? Why do you get moved when symptoms hit you if you're healed? <laughs> Pastor Barb, you hurt my feelings again. Hey, I'm hurting mine too. It's good for all of us to get feelings out of the way so faith can live. Amen? That's all that's happening here. It's getting a little dust up, that's all. Yeah, I believe you're the Christ, the Son of God, which should come into the world. You notice, he never told her what he told Peter when Peter said the same thing. Mm. Peter, who do men say that I am? Who do you say that I am? He said the same exact thing she said here. And Jesus said flesh and blood did not reveal that to you. But my father who's in heaven. Why didn't he say that to her right now? Because she ain't had a revelation of him like that. But she will in a minute. See, all these people are due to know who he really is. They're following a man and have no revelation of who he really is. We got churches full of people like that, folks. Religious, I love Jesus singing Jesus songs and have no clue who he is. But we all going to find out. We're all due for an awakening. And when she has said said this, she went her way, gave him a nice little answer, religious answer. You get a star on your your um, 
Sunday school chart, Martha, for that answer. But you don't get a dead brother coming out of that tomb. She went her way and called her sister Mary and lied. He said, the master is calling for you. So she figured she'd work Mary in the equation, see if Mary can get something different out of him. And as soon as she heard that, she rose quickly and came to him. You know, Mary is that kind of woman. She loves Jesus. And now Jesus was not yet coming to the town, but was in that place where Martha met him. And the Jews, which were with her in the house, comforting her, quote, unquote, wink, wink. That she rose up hastily and followed her and said, she's going to the grave to weep there. Let's go weep with her. Can you imagine a miracle resurrection in an atmosphere like this? All these religious crazy people. The family that was in faith is now in religion and given up and say, you too late, Jesus. Huh? And then when Martha was come where Jesus was, when Mary was come where she was, she said to him, fell down his feet saying, Lord, if you had been there, my brother would not have died. So we got two sisters in agreement that it's too late where they were in agreement that they wanted him healed. Four days ago, they were believing the Jesus to show up and heal him. The fact that he died has turned them all over into unbelief all of a sudden. And Jesus couldn't be the Messiah because Messiah could raise up a dead person to life, but he's not going to do it for my brother. Even though he loves him, he loves us, he loves everybody, he's not going to do it. Or they would ask him. Such an easy thing to ask Jesus. Would you please go in there and get my brother up out that tomb? We believe you can do anything. But they didn't. We ask for what we believe, folks. When Jesus, therefore, saw her weeping and the Jews weeping, which came with, he groaned in his spirit and was troubled. And they said, where he said, where have you laid him? And he, they said to him, Lord, come and see. And he wept there. Then said the Jews, behold, how he loved him. Everything in the past tense. So they think Jesus is just there for the funeral. And some of them said, could not this man which opened the eyes of the blind, have caused even him to not have died? They all think it's too late. How many of us think it's too late for certain things that we really, really want? Why don't you ask him to revive it, raise it up, let it live again? Do you understand what I'm saying? But, oh, no, we just do Therefore, Jesus, verse 38, again, groaning in himself, came to the grave. This is intercession, folks. He ain't, he's not sorrowful. He's not sad. He's doing what he needs to do to get all this death out of the atmosphere and off of Lazarus. And he was in a cave and a stone was laid upon it. And Jesus said, take away the stone. Here's this chick again. A religious spirit sister. Oh, we get ready to eat the repast. He's stinking. We can't have him stinking up everything at the repast. 
Some of y'all will get it next week sometime. I, I'm, I gotta move on. You know, uh, really, I have to move on here. Take away the stone. She still ain't getting it. Martha, the sister of him that was dead, said to him, Lord, by this time he stinketh, for he's been dead four days. And you're late, Jesus. Jesus said to her, did I not say to you, you know, like a minute ago, Martha? This is like a recent teaching. Surely you haven't forgotten already. Didn't I just say to you, if you would believe, you would see the glory of God. Then they took away the stone from the place where he, where the dead was laid. And Jesus lifted up his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you heard me. And I know that you always hear me, but some of these people don't know that. And he said, because the people which stand by, I said it, that they may believe that you have sent me, that they would believe that you have sent me, that they would believe that you have sent me, that they would believe that you have sent me. Jesus, you mean you stayed at these people's house and they don't believe you're the son of God? Uh, no. Jesus, you mean to tell me all these people who have been following you for and your disciples too? We we understand Thomas. He don't believe nothing till he sees it. We give him a pass. But all the rest of your boys, your posse. Oops, there it goes. Sorry about that. I better stand up. Your posse is roaming around here in town with you 24-7. And they don't believe your father sent you here to do this either, Jesus. He's doing all of this so that people would believe that he came from the Father to fulfill what was prophesied for him as the Messiah to fulfill. Now you mean to tell me he's been running around healing sick people, he's been raising dead people, he's been doing all this stuff all these years, and these people still don't believe God the Father is with him. No, they don't. It's very important that we understand who Jesus is. He's not just a name. He's not just a, a somebody who did things long ago. He lives in you. He brought the Father with him when he decided to dwell in you. All the fullness of the Godhead dwells in you bodily. You can have what you say anytime you say it. If you say the word of God and you believe what you're saying will happen to you. See, as long as Jesus is outside of you doing stuff for other people, you don't believe who he is, who he is, says he is. He is who he says he is. When he starts doing it inside of you and he starts doing it through you, he starts doing it for you, then you got a revelation of who he is. And you can be born again and you can be tongue talking and spirit filled and all you want, all them other things you collected, all them Gifts you to collect it. A lot of people are collectors and don't listen. I don't. I, I like Cadillac, but I don't. I don't know who they are. I drive their stuff, and I still don't know who they are. I don't care to know who they are. And see, that's like a lot of Christians. We're looking for a wealth transfer. We're looking for rich this, rich that, all this kind of stuff, and we don't know who the master really is. 
But we're going to find out. I'm telling you, before we leave this earth, we're going to find out. Before we go another further, before a church, another church opens up, they're going to find out. Because everything is shut down until we let God prove who he is to us. If that means you got to be stripped of everything. Down to nothing. Poor Lazarus, he's laying in that thing. for He's like, man, what's four days? What? I, when did I die? I died on Thursday. What day is it? You mean to tell me it's taking my sisters this long to get it together? Them queens out there being queens. <laughs> Don't let me go there. I'm, let me stay with the, let me stay with the script. <laughs> huh? He says, listen, Martha, you don't believe a word I tell you. I just told you if you believed you would see the glory of God. I ain't interested in all that glory stuff. I just wanted my brother to get healed. But if you had come earlier, you to heal them. Huh? It's too, Jesus, you too late. When he had thus spoken, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come forth. And he that was dead came forth, bound hand and foot with grave clothes, that the sisters and the friends, everybody that was there at that tomb wrapped him up. Huh? See, if somebody there could have believed that Jesus was, Jesus, I know you can speak a word, my brother will be well. That man would, wouldn't have never went through all of that. Mary and Martha and them wrapped him up while he was still living with their unbelief. Oh, Pastor Bar, I just want to be with them when they pass away. How about asking God to heal them? See if maybe they want to live a little bit longer. You sit there and pat somebody's hand. That ain't going to help them. That patting that hand just going to make you feel less guilty when you got to buy them flowers. None against flowers. I mean, you know, people pick up anything and get mad about it. Huh? When they came out, he told them to loose him and let him go. Why? They were the ones who wrapped him up. You you be responsible for the, the mess you create. Amen? You have a hand in helping people. <laughs> you know, all of our sin sent Jesus to the cross. Amen? So it's going to take all of us to undo all the stuff that's been done by the devil. We got a hand in it. Loose him and let him go. And many of the Jews which came to Mary and had seen the things what Jesus did believed on him. Mission accomplished. You mean it took all of that for for Jesus to get people to know that the Father sent him? Yes, ma'am, it did. What's it going to take for us to believe? Whatever he says it takes for us to believe. He wants faith. And he ain't talking about this, I believe I received it when I prayed. You do it every now and then. And then the rest of the time you just go about doing your whatever you do. I mean, he wants real faith. He wants the kind of faith that, you know, you got to turn down the plate. I should talk, right? Turn down the plate to get. You understand what I'm saying? The the kind of faith that it takes like 40 days in the word straight because you're determined to come out changed. That kind of faith. That's what he's talking about. That's not just for preachers. 
That's for whosoever's. Why? Because he wants to get glory out of your salvation. Remember that? You gave your life to him. You told him you loved him. You would do anything. He, I'll go anywhere you go and I'll do anything you tell me to do. Jesus, I can never repay you for saving my soul. It means so much to me. Well, now it's how he wants to cash in now. He's coming for our words. Huh? Our words where we'd have promised everything. Oh, I didn't mean to have to pay this back right now, Jesus. Can I get an extension on my loan? No, you can't. It's time. You know what it's time for? It's due time for everybody to pay up. It's due time for us to get serious about God. Huh? You know, how many cars you want to buy? How many houses you want? How many this you want? How many that? Don't you want relationship with him? Don't you want intimacy with him? Don't you want fellowship with him? I mean, apart from what he can do for you. I mean, in your pocketbook or personally, any of that that kind of nonsense. See, he's getting us beyond caring about material things. I'm going to tell you that right now. That ain't going to be the biggest thing we talk about in the end times. Wealth transfer. (laughs) That's a joke. You ain't going to be in a condition to want to spend nothing. Most of us are barely hanging on by a thread. You know, the way the devil has messed up people's minds during this pandemic. There's so many people suicidal and depressed and don't have, can't get out the house grieving because of couldn't see elderly parents, all that kind of stuff. So, honey, we're beyond wealth transfer. Money ain't going to straighten this out. It's going to take a hard down revelation of who Jesus Christ really is in your heart, in your mind, coming to your house, doing your thing that he wants to do for you, not the thing you're expecting. And begging for it. If I don't get this, I'm done. Well, you might as well get done. Well, stick a fork in me. I'm done. Okay. Yeah, I'm done. All right. We're done. Thank you. All right. All right. Praise God. Amen. 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 Praise God. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you, Lord, for being our Savior, our Maker, our Creator, for helping us, giving us understanding, giving us mercy, giving us truth. Above all, we are people who abide in truth. And we thank you for that, Lord. Truth is something that cannot be bought. And there's no substitute for it. There's nothing that you can put in the place of truth that's going to work in your life. And we all need it. It's a blessing to have the truth of God and the knowledge of God. That's what elevates us above our peers. Is what we carry on the inside of us that is Almighty God. And He is Almighty. God is telling me to tell you He wants to do great and mighty things for us. But he's got to do them in us. He needs more freedom to work in us. He needs more trust. He needs more laying down of requests. And just say, Lord, have your way. Just have your way, Lord. Since some of you are going to run out of things to ask for. And that's going to be your God have your way experience with me. Some of you are going to run out of needs, going to run out of caring about if certain things happen or not. 
And that's when you're going to get your breakthrough, where I'm going to come in and have my way in your life. You owe that to me, says the Lord. You owe me your life. I gave you mine. So I've got great things planned for you. says, greater than you could ever imagine. Greater than what you think you're waiting on. I have greater things for you than you can ever imagine for my glory, says the Spirit of the living God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Bless you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We praise your holy name. Praise your holy name, Jesus. We praise your holy name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father of heaven and earth, for all that you're doing in our midst today. We love you, Lord. We honor you. We bless you. And we praise you. We lift you up, Jesus. You're worthy to be praised and adored. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We lift you up. 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 You're worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Everybody repeat after me. Have your way, Lord. In my life, I'm ready to surrender completely to you. Do what you need to do to be glorified in my life. In Jesus' name. 